0: Running Sentences presents All Hail Zipzog Part 3 A Preacher, a Prayer, and Lots of Nothing Rufus worries his friend Ryan is about to become his preacher for his as-yet-created religion. All Rufus feels he can do, though, is worry and try and get things working together in a way. This is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, and incidences within the story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real live situations, real people, real events, real incidences, and or fictional ones is purely coincidental. Copyright twenty twenty two Michael Horry. All rights reserved. Rufus sat up in his bed, the alarm clock was blaring its shrill beep, and everything felt off. His memory of last night, after his friend and Zipzog left, involved an old hidden bottle of bourbon, which always did the trick in knocking him out, in short order. It did not make him forget what had happened, though, which was a disappointing thing, since he rolled out of bed and saw Zipzog lying on the floor next to his bed, looking rather drunken. Rufus tried to say something, but his mouth only opened and closed, and it felt slightly dry as he moved it about a few times, and no words were coming out of him either. He gave up in short order, deciding that leaving things as they were would probably be fine for now. His morning prep work flew by, and Rufus still ignored that Zipzog was lying on his floor, though he had moved somehow, into the living room as Rufus came into here and was nearer to the couch now. Rufus concentrated on his main issue, which was getting rid of the last of a headache. This whole lopsided mess of religion could wait until that was gone. And there was work right around the corner, and judging from the way that there were messages on his cell phone, all from his boss, it meant that there was plenty to worry about that didn't involve religion. I could snap my fingers and solve any problem for you. Rufus jumped at the god's voice. Fucking hell, man. This stupid god just doing whatever the fuck he pleases. I can hear you, and yes, I can do whatever I please. So do remember that before I do something that I please. Good. Do what you want, mischievous bastard. Why were you sleeping on the floor like a drunkard? Your friend made me go drinking with him. Got me good and liquored up. Though, I did get a little revenge on him for that. It's, well, all in good fun. It's good fun. Don't worry about it. Now, I was thinking we need to come up with some prayers for our religion. I'll figure that out, but later, I need to go to work. You should quit your job. A true prophet would give up all for his god and do what is needed. I'm fine with being a fake prophet who gets a roof over his head and gets to eat... Rufus stormed out of his apartment, trying to put that as the end of the conversation. Zipzog followed him out as he made his way down to the apartment parking lot. Can we at least talk about prayers? I don't care if you're a false prophet or whatnot either. You know, that could work out. But uh, we do need to get moving on the whole making a religion thing. Why? Well, I just thought, you know, sooner the better. The longer we wait, the more people stop following the word of the Bible, you know? Or they start choosing which sections they want to follow like they have been. Well, we should concentrate on that first. It's a book that needs a severe update to modern times, wouldn't you say? Exactly. And 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 so you would you would need to work on prayers inside the book, because prayers are an important part. And I need to go check up on something. So I'm going to go. Eh, uh, you mean that whatever you did to Ryan to get your revenge, are are you going to check up on Ryan or, you know, you did say you did, did something to him, did you not? Rufus turned halfway around to see that Zipsog was no longer there, leaving him standing in the middle of his apartment parking lot, looking like a fool. He could only sigh and head for his car. The drive to work kept. up getting more and more annoying as Rufus found his phone continually blowing up with messages he did his best to silence the phone and put it on vibrate before he'd gone into the car and begin driving this however only made his leg vibrate with each call and message since he could not and would not pick up his phone while driving his boss was once again waiting for him in the parking lot at work a sign that things really were that bad, or maybe they weren't that bad and his boss just liked greeting him down here in the parking lot. But whichever it was, Rufus was not looking forward to it as he pulled his car into the parking spot and got out. Carl did not wait around as he grabbed Rufus's arm and began pulling him towards the office with plenty of urgency. Rufus decided that he would just go along with this motion since it was easier than trying to free his arm and demand to know what was going on. Our computers are now really messed up this time. Rufus, I don't know what's happened by it, but now they won't even turn on, and if you don't fix it, I'm firing you, oh God, I think I oh God. Oh, I think there's a god to blame for this. Um, maybe I know what's going on. You do? Do you? Rufus realized that he hadn't meant to say that out loud, and he could only nod, Yep. Carl's office was just like it had been the other day. Many salespeople gathered happily around, not working and staring at the computer. Rufus had been let go of, and he now went around the desk to turn on the computer. The power button to the tower did not react, and even the power button to the monitor screen failed to work. Rufus ducked down under the desk to see if the power strip had been disturbed. But no, the light indicating that it was receiving power was lit and orange. He came back up puzzled as one of the salesman's laptops was plopped in front of him as well to the desk. It too did not react to any of his attempts to press the power button. No matter how many times he pressed it and put his head close to hear if anything was happening inside, the laptop did nothing to come back to life. Eventually, he sat back in his boss's chair. The stuff was all old, but it should at least work. Minus the laptop, because you can never know when those things would decide, would give up the ghost and just say, no more thank you. I'm sorry to say, uh, Carl, boss Carl, but I don't know what the problem is. Not without taking everything apart and examining it carefully. Uh, But it could just be the age of the equipment you have. Just giving up. Doesn't like to want to work anymore. You can't fix it. Well, I don't really know if I can fix it or not. But no, it does not look likely. Carl had begun pointing towards the door. His face having gone red as he tried to announce something. Rufus figured that it was that he was going to be fired. But since all he heard was squeaks, he decided to watch, to see what Carl would say and do, and just let him get all of his squeakiness out of his system before he said anything else. You, 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 you. The door to the office was thrown open, and in strolled a man. Rufus took one glance over and then did a double take. The person looked distinctly like Zipzog, but more human. I have heard that you need a miracle, and I, Mr. Zip, will answer your prayer, as I can figure out what's going on with a simple touch of my fingers to computers. Carl, exuberant and having lost all of the rage in his face, bounded over to the man, throwing out both of his hands to try and grab Zipzog's hand. When he did get it into his grasp and firmly heartily shook it, It looked like he wanted to take off the arm of his new savior. Rufus couldn't take the sight of all of this, and got up so that he could get out of there. Well, boss, or former boss, or whatever, I will be in the waiting room for your notice that you're firing me. Rufus slipped out, and despite what he said, he wasn't sure if his boss had heard him, because the man was now hurrying Zipzog over towards his desk and computer's. Rufus found himself wandering around the waiting room of the office, which was empty this morning. It was a good thing, since it was quiet, and the mayhem on the other side of the office door was still clattering about, and there was lots going on in there, but he could not hear or really see, and he kind of did not want to take a look in there to see what was going on, for fear of seeing something crazy, or weird, or godlike. His only worry was that things were not being instantly wrapped up by this man who looked a bit like Zipzog. And since that was a curious thing, he went over towards the doorway with his arms crossed. If this was the god, then, well, he'd gotten what he wanted. Rufus fired for failure to do his job. He decided that he did not want to look in after all and decided to lean against the wall and that made him realize that the door, if it were to suddenly swing open, would hit him firmly in the face, so he got off this wall to change positions and wander around a bit more. Finally, though, the door to the office, once thrown open, and out marched his boss, throwing confetti into the air for some reason. Oh, hail Zipdog, the great and wonderful fixer of computers! Then out came Zipdog, being showered in confetti by the salespeople who were following him out. The gods seemed to be greatly enjoying this as he spread his arms out to their cheers. It was all short-lived as Carl, once outside, chased his sales force back into their office and back to work. Then he turned to Rufus. You, Mr. Rufus, have a new boss. So I am fired then, ah, uh, Carl. No, you have a new boss. Zipzog here has said that he wants to teach you his ways. Thus, for now, you're still employed. Plus, if I have two magical workers, maybe I can start a new business. Go forth and learn the ways of Zipzog the Great and hail him while you're at it. And don't forget that. Hail him! Carl then spun about on his foot went back into his office, Well, Rufus could only really do slap his own face with the palm of his hand in a frustration. After all that had happened, the two headed for the elevator to go down to the base where the IT office was. Rufus was not entirely sure what had happened, or if any of it was good, or if he wanted Zipzog as his boss, but it had happened, so there was that. Well now, Rufus, I think you're belief in technology might take us places. And it really will help us out along the way. And it will just help. And now, we have someone who believes in us. Or believes in me. And we just have to figure out how to translate that to others. So well, well done. Oh no. They don't really believe in you. The door to the elevator opened at the basement allowing the mountain. And Rufus ran out, because he did not want to find himself on the pokey end of God's powers. After all of that, Rufus had decided just to get on with his work in exploring what had happened to Carl's old computer from yesterday, or if his recovery program for the hard drive had managed to get the last scrapes of data off of the spinning disks inside. He ignored that Zipzog was going around touching broken pieces of equipment and exclaiming, And now you are fixed. There was some data still left on this hard drive that would take a little extra work. So Rufus concentrated on that, because that was at least solid and workable. Everything else felt like it was falling apart very quickly. The morning's work had went by with Rufus keeping what he was good at, looking at bits of toasted computer that could not be salvaged but it was something to do, since they did not have parts to rebuild machines, or money, since Carl did not like to spend any. The afternoon had come, and so, too, had Rufus's lunch break, and so he decided to head out of the office to get some food, and without bothering to talk to Zipzog, who just followed him out to the office lobby. The two were just about at the door when Rufus's cell phone rang. He pulled it out of his pocket to see that Ryan was calling him, And with a shrug, he accepted the call and put it to his ear. Uh, hey, Ryan, what's up? Rufus, you have to help me. I've been changed. Uh, hello? Is, uh, Ryan there? Are you one of his other friends? It's me, Ryan. I've been changed. Listen, you probably don't believe me, but come meet me at my place at once. At Ryan's place at once. Please, now, Arik. When no further noise came from Rufus's phone, he took it away from his ear to see that, yes, the call had, in fact, ended. He glanced over towards Zipzak, trying to look innocent. What did you do to Ryan? And did you do it? And because of all of... I have to say, that call that I just had from a woman who claimed to be Ryan makes it sound like you did something to him. And if he's to be your preacher, which I hope not, that's really not going to convince him that he should do it. Um, But maybe that's your plan. Maybe it'll help me get him away from us. Whatever. Anyway, let's just... Well, I I did get a bit of revenge on him, but this is for him getting me drunk last night. But I didn't do anything that can't be reversed, if he wants that. What did you do? Well, nothing. Really, I mean, it is something, but it's not really that bad. Exasperated that this God was not telling him what he'd done, Rufus threw his hands into the air and headed out of the building. A small bit of luck in this whole thing was that Ryan's place was but 12 blocks away from Rufus's work, and he could rush there in a few minutes, if traffic was right, and they managed to get across the crosswalks in good order. Today, it seemed like things were just going that right. And Rufus decided he could attribute this fact of things to the fact that he had a gone following him around. By the way, I thought you couldn't interfere with things on Earth. Well, yes, I, but these things involve you. Ryan involves you, and because you have accepted me as a gone, I can now influence things to a degree and your friends, and you know, so on and so forth. And, well, technology and plants and animals don't count in those rules as far as I know. Um, but, you know, Ryan? He's... Well, technically Ryan's an animal, but, you know, it works out. Rufus was busy trying to process all of this, though, it was a little bit too much for him and he nearly ran right past Ryan's apartment building. But he caught himself, just in time, and ran over to the buzzer board to call up to his friend's place. There was no vocal response in the call board, but there was the buzz of the door release, and with a shrug, Rufus took this moment to hurry inside. The elevator dropped them off on the fifth floor of this apartment complex, and sent Rufus scurrying down the hallway towards the seventh door on the left. Once he, Rufus could still clearly hear Ryan's instructions from when he'd first visited this apartment. Why these things were ringing in his mind, he was not sure. But he knocked on the door as he looked over at Zipsog. What kind of revenge did you get on him? Oh, it's something from his imagination. I wouldn't worry about it. Don't worry. It's all very simple. The door opened, and a pretty young woman with lots of brownish hair that kept falling all over her face appeared. She kept trying to push it back, but was having no luck with that, and it kept getting worse and worse. The one thing that Rufus definitely noticed that she seemed to be wearing clothes that were poorly fitted and probably belonged to Ryan. Uh, are you the lady who called me about, Uh my friend Ryan? Yes, I am. Please come in. The place to Rufus looked like it normally did. A bachelor's pad that was stylish and well-kept with oddly expensive things that were cheap. Nothing was ever out of place, and everything was of a certain expense since in that accord. Namely, a certain flat pack store level of cost, so that it was nice, but not that nice. He turned to this woman, who was glaring at Zog, who'd flopped over onto the couch and turned on the TV, which automatically turned to a soap opera. A very holy soap opera. Uh, so, uh, where is Ryan? I'm right here. Your god over there changed my gender or sex or whatever it is that, that, that changed. It was from your imagination and made it real, Ryan. You wanted it. I know I did not. I did not want it. I dream about lots of things and wonder about plenty of other shit and you latched on to that idea? Ryan was flailing her arms about the place, trying to make her point. It, however, only made her chest jiggle about, which Rufus was trying hard not to notice. Turn me back! Can't do that. Actually, I shouldn't say I can, as I can, but godly rules prevent me from undoing my work until a lesson is learned. You obviously haven't learned that lesson, and that it is a bad idea to get a god drunk. Ryan's jaw could only drop so far as more arm flailing commenced. She slash he did not seem to be able to pay the least bit of attention to anything other than Zipzog. Then there was a buzzing noise that sounded like the door coal chime from downstairs coming through from the kitchen. And since no one else was paying attention, Rufus went over to attend to it. He entered the kitchen looking for the source in case it was something else. Maybe a microwave or an oven making a weird noise. But no, it was the buzzer, lighting up with our small red light. He pressed the answer button next to it. Uh, hello? Is someone wishing to come up and see Ryan? Rufus, is that you? It's Finn. I've got a message from Ryan asking for some female clothes because something bad had happened. With with an amended message after that shortly, stating, don't worry, it isn't killed someone bad or wounded someone bad it's just different bad the blood from rufus's face felt like it was slowly fleeing his entire body of all the things to happen now this his day was going swimmingly horrible in all the ways he never knew it could rufus ah, sorry yes um i'll buzz you up he moved his finger over towards the door button and hovered over it for a few seconds his mind trying to figure out how to explain all that was going on, and as he was thinking, he moved his hand around to help him think, moving around the button, swaying to and fro for a second, before he accidentally pressed the button. He could feel the buzz of the signal sent under his finger, and then his shoulders slumping. Well, this was certainly about to get complicated, especially if Zip Sog stayed about. He waddled his way back into the living room a second later, looking lost in his thought. As a plan for how to explain what was what, well, that would take some doing. There you are, Rufus. Tell Zipzog to turn me back this instant. Zipdog continued to sit on the couch, looking rather disinterested in the conversation and wanting to watch his soaps. Um, turn him back this instant? No can do, he needs to learn his lesson. It might be a few minutes, or a few days, or months, or years, or... I don't know, however long it takes him to learn his lesson. But once he has some grand epiphany, he should pop back to normal. Hopefully. I don't want to be a woman! Well, uh, can you deal with that for now? And by the way, uh, Ryan, Finn is on her way up here with clothes, and she's confused. So good luck explaining everything to her. I think I should go. And as if to prove his point, though, there was a knock on the door, and Rufus looked over at Zipsog. Oh, well, God, uh, Zipsog, you should probably make yourself scarce. Oh, no, he does not leave. I need proof to help me explain all this away to Finn so that she doesn't just, well, leave. Rufus and Ryan stood there in a face-off, waiting for something to happen as Zipzog fully laid out on the couch, bored. Another knock on the door interrupted them as Ryan ran off to open it. He came back a few seconds later as Rufus found a nearby chair and sat down heavily on it. He looked over at Finn, who had come in with a bag of clothes. Oh, where's Ryan and what's happened? I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm sorry, miss. I don't, I don't mean to imply that, you're, that it wasn't your name. I met my male friend, Ryan, whose apartment you're in, and probably has done something to you or just done something stupid. Are you okay, by the way? If he has done something to you, I will do everything in my power to smack him and get him sent to jail. Rufus, who's the man lying on the couch? On the couch? Oh, dear. That would be Zipzog. It's a fancy name. Might have to explain that later. And the lady you are talking to is in fact your male friend, and my male friend, Ryan. Though formerly male, until he learns a lesson, apparently. She looked about the room, confused. First at Rufus, then at Zipsog, and then finally at the female version of Ryan. Then did another lap of looking at everyone, and seemingly getting nowhere. Rufus finally got up, and went over to try and stop the round and roundabout looks, and the severe case of, what the fuck, had settled onto her face. He hadn't quite made it to her when she finally stopped looking around. Okay, I don't understand one bit. What? This, 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 Ryan flapped about, signaling with his arms once again all over the place, mostly pointing towards the couch where Zipzog was. The convoluted answer, which you will probably choose not to believe, all because it is mad and who would want to believe what I'm about to say, but The man on the couch is a god from heaven, I'm assuming. And he's a mischievous one who does what he wants and manages to get revenge on people through odd ways. How can you... How how can you believe that there is a god sitting on Ryan's couch? and, And what... what? Well, it's a bit of a story. The short end of it is he once threatened to give me breasts... If I didn't start following him around and become part of his religious new sect and a prophet, I think. He also apparently healed my boss's computer, though I did not actually see that one happen. Either way, it's best to just nod at this and accept this man. And, um, perhaps help Ryan here while I go back to work with the madman. Rufus had taken a couple of steps towards the door, but Finn stopped him by grabbing his arm. I'm helping this young woman but I do not buy this whole story uh, well yes I, I didn't actually expect you to buy it but I'm we can talk about it after I'm done with work for the day I'll let you ask millions upon millions of questions of which I can probably answer maybe one or two coherently but yeah don't don't you don't have to believe it for a second but yes please do help Ryan he headed for the exit glancing to see that zipzog had already disappeared, which frazzled Finn as she'd been staring at the couch, and then forced her to look around to see where the man might have gone, but gave up on that and shortly turned her attention towards Ryan. Right, if you really are Ryan, you probably don't know some of the ins and outs of women's clothing, so let me help you. Rufus had made a hasty escape out of his apartment building and down towards the sidewalk, he directed himself back towards his office building despite his grumbling stomach. A glance at his cell phone told him his lunch break was just about over, and it had not been a successful one. He felt the presence of Zip appear over his shoulder and wondered if this god could whisk away the pangs of hunger, but decided that this would be a bad idea. There was no telling what this man was going to do and how it would turn out for him. I was thinking, Rufus, that perhaps we could make the whole gender thing a part of our religion. It would shake things up, make people take notice, and perhaps realize that God is real again. You do that, and you can kiss those that are sticking to the Bible sections that they love like glue and ignoring the ones that they don't like. Goodbye. It would draw a crowd, mostly of people who are curious and probably transsexual, which is great and fine, but goes against all of your goals, doesn't it? By the way, um, where does God, or if there's many of you gods, stand on this subject, on that? Zipsog merely shrugged and floated towards the office. Um, can you give me something more than a shrug? Fine. It's fine. We don't really care about all of that stuff. I mean, it's up to you and find your happiness in life, as long as you follow the word of God. Great. Awesome. that probably will make it into the small text in the very back of the book that we create about this damned religion. By this time, they'd arrived back at the office, and Rufus was feeling very down and worrying about a whole load of matters as he went down to his office. The rest of the workday, thankfully, was uneventful and passed by with him occasionally making snack runs to the vending machine to keep himself at least somewhat able to fight back hunger. Zipzog, on the other hand, had gotten bored and vanished shortly after. They'd gone back, which left Rufus peacefully alone until it was time to call it a day. Then his fear sprang up again as he entered the parking lot and saw that Finn was sitting on the back of his car, even though his vehicle was pretty far away. His stomach turned and churned as he ran through the improbable answers and questions that were going to come up. None sounded believable in his head, and he got closer and closer, until she finally jumped off the back of the car when he got there. Well, well, it's going to be a long night if you don't believe me in Ryan's apartment, but get in, I'll drive you home, and you can ask whatever you wish. I have a question before we even get in the car, though. Do you believe that God, do you think that God exists? He shook his head as he went around to the front door of the car and she mirrored following him to the passenger side. I have no idea anymore. If you asked a few days ago, I might have said no. But with the way Ryan has been changed, yeah. Either Zipzog is a great and grand magician who has gotten someone to replace Ryan or he is a god who has changed Ryan. I'm not sure I want either of those two actually be true. They'd fallen into a silence as they got into the car and then drove out of the parking lot and onto the highway as they headed towards Finn's house. The last place he wanted to be was at his home, where Ziploc would potentially randomly show up and scare the bejesus out of him and Finn. A glance in the rearview mirror as Finn was adjusting the radio, however, told him that the God was already there and sitting in the back seat. Unfortunately, Ah, uh, so Finn. You have questions, I guess. Yes, but I don't really have a f- way to frame them or think about them because none of it makes any sense. Rufus jerked his thumb back towards the back seat, pointing back there. Finn, curious as to why he was doing this, turned and saw that Zipzog was sitting back there. She raised her eyebrows at him. He can show you better than I can that he's the real deal a god or maybe a demon. Maybe. Not a demon. Prove it. Do something good for once. I already did. I got you two thick-headed people together. Excuse me, what? Who else would give you that final courage? I mean, you two were running around one another, waiting for the other to work up the ability to say your feelings. I gave you that final push. How? Also, that does not prove anything. We can't see it. We can't believe it if we can't see it. And before you complain that we will just say it's all magic and wave our hands and and say that it wasn't real, because we can't explain it, we will believe you, if it is believable. Fine, I will come up with something to make you believe in me. And with that, he vanished. Rufus glanced in the rearview mirror a few more times as he drove down the road, keeping his eyes peeled for anything. Um, well, since our god seems to have the mindset of a teenager, I'm going to go ahead and guess that we will both wake up in a very different situation tomorrow in ways that I shudder to think about. You aren't off the hook either, mister. Just because the man disappears. Ah, right. Uh, your questions. Uh, well, I guess... Why are you following a madman who is claiming to want to start a religion? Well, at first... It was to see if I was going mad. Now, now I think or fear that will do something to me for fun until I agree to do whatever it is he wants. So you just agree to his demand and that's it? Are you too afraid of being changed into something like a new... I guess? I don't really know. I mean, if it all has come on so suddenly and and perhaps he used some of his powers on me to get me to agree but I feel like it's all just been thrown at me and I sort of got caught up in it and I don't really I know I, I don't really know it just it keeps going oh well I guess all I can do is keep an eye on you and make sure that nothing bad happens Rufus who had been mostly paying attention to the road And driving, realized that he'd just been driving towards her place and wasn't really thinking about where he was going and whether or not maybe she wanted to go somewhere else. Ah, shit, sorry, um, I've just been driving straight to your place without thinking about it, but do you need to go anywhere, Finn? Uh, do you have to be at the bar or something? Huh? Oh, no, you're fine. My place is good. I purposefully made sure that the guy who co-owns the place with me will be there tonight and will not call me. Rufus nodded and settled down again trying his best to figure out if the situation needed any more explanation or if it would just be tons of questions with no answers coming from him. He didn't have much time to put in that thought though as the exit from the highway to her place came up on them. He quickly got off the road and a short trip off of the highway led them to a guarded entranceway where he came to a stop at the security entrance. All he had to do was wave a card at a sensor and it would let him in. Finn, however, was busily searching deep into her purse for it leaving him sitting at his seat looking over at the guard who'd come out of the security door to glare at them. The man looked them over and to which Rufus waved to try and lighten the mood, only for it to seem to make him feel uh, much more awkward. So they wound up having a bit of a staring contest between them, with blinks happening since it wasn't a real staring contest. All of this until Finn finally managed to come up with the key pass, and they got through the gate. The two puttered out of the gateway, and Rufus keeping an eye on his rearview mirror, and sure enough, eventually a car began to follow them. Security at this place did not trust anyone here, least of all any of the house renters. A bit more driving up a hill found them at Finn's driveway. The security SUV came to a stop behind them, semi-blocking the entranceway to the driveway, but by this time Finn had gotten out and thrown open the garage door so that he could drive in to safety. She was busily pulling the garage door back down, and slightly giving the finger to the security guard as Rufus got out of the car. They hate everyone, right? Pretty much, yeah. That's their thing, since they need to have a thing. Are you hungry? I can fix you something to eat, since you were kind enough to bring me home. Uh, sure, but your roommates? They kindly are out on a trip, and decided not to tell me about it until the day they left. Okay, so we're all alone and you're offering me food. That sounds rather suspicious, and I don't mind it. Uh, I mean, well, I should mind it slightly, and my mind might be going to the wrong places, but... Let's see what comes of the evening, shall we? And not jump ahead of ourselves. He shrugged, gave a cheeky little grin, and realized that this was as good a plan as any that he was going to come up with. Maybe he would get some, maybe he would not, but he could be around Finn, and that should be enough, right? They wound up in the kitchen a second later, and were both staring at a mostly empty fridge that Finn had just opened. His stomach grumbled, and hers followed suit as they looked at one another. I can order pizza from a local place. Will it get past the guards, though? If I order one for them as well, then yeah, hopefully it does. She was already digging her smartphone out of her purse and had a website up to her favorite place. Uh, do you have a favorite type of pizza you want to order? If, um, well, yes, but usually I just go, if I've never been to a place, if I've never had food from a place, I usually go with a cheese pie to see if I like them or if their pizza's a little bit off. She nodded and chewed him out of the kitchen so she could do the ordering. He found his way out into the living room and settled onto the couch. This wasn't his first visit, though this visit was pretty close to what his first visit had entailed. He figured he'd only been here briefly for two other times or so. He took in the spacious room and that opened to the kitchen and dining areas. It all looked nice and airy and, well, expensive. He figured that's why she had roommates, because... This place felt like it was way out of his price bracket, and it might be out of hers as well. Although, people did like to spend money to show off. Although, I didn't think Finn was like that. A flash of worry surged through him, as his mind whirled into the idea that he was stepping into a world that he shouldn't be. He was stepping into the big leagues, and he would need money to throw around to impress Finn. But, uh, he didn't have that. A couple ideas... Of fleeing came about, but with Finn coming in, he tried to push those aside. It didn't take much work to push aside that thought because other panicky thoughts quickly filled the void. You, yeah, do you have a, a a bathroom? Our downstairs one is broken. We've been waiting for a fix from the landlord for a while. My bedroom is upstairs, second door on the left. You'll find the attached bathroom on the left side is the room. In a rush, he bounced up from the sofa and waved his hand and realized that this was looking rather odd as he was heading across the living room. Why was he waving? He couldn't figure it out, and so he just blushed. Uh, thanks. In a hurried rush, he found himself at the staircase next to the front door and was rushing up the stairs. In short order, he found the bathroom, with no trouble whatsoever, and was thankful for that. The last thing he wanted was to be wandering around about a random bedroom and invading his potential girlfriend's privacy. The thought made him shudder as he paced about Finn's bathroom, trying to calm himself down, telling himself that it was all going to be okay. But he couldn't get the fear completely out of his mind that he was something was going to go terribly wrong. One wrong step with Finn, and he would be thrown out, and he didn't really want that. He was about to make another small walk up and down the small, fancy-smelling bathroom, when he ran straight into Ziplog. Are you worried about her? What, what, yet, no, yet, but yet, no, yes, no, but yes, but no. Of course you are. Humans always seem to think that they don't deserve one another, then lash out in odd ways. Some do it violently, others run away. Always the same thing, though. Fear and apprehension. But I can make it all go away, magically, because I'm a god. No. Well, why not? I am god, I help. I am your god, I will help you. I've heard enough about Greek or Roman gods, and know that you, like mischief, And I know that it comes with some sort of caveat. I'm already helping you, and let's just keep it at that. Don't mess with Finn. You can mess with me, that's fine. But leave her out of this. The sound of the doorbell downstairs told him that he'd stayed up here for far too long. And he moved past Zipsog, hoping that the man would not come down on him with some terrible curse. All because he was having a slight independent streak. He came down the stairs and saw that she was already at the door paying for the pizzas, and by the time he'd fully gotten down, she turned and held them up. Good, you're finally back. In the mood for some food? And are you good? You're not sick, are you? No, no I'm, I'm fine. Just the luck going through my mind. And I freaked out. Sorry about that. The pizzas got here awfully quick. Yeah, the place is actually really close by, which is nice. She had already moved towards the sofa and the coffee table to drop the pizzas on, too. She plopped the two boxes onto the coffee table, and popped each of them open. She then disappeared towards the kitchen, fetching a few plates and drinks. I hope you don't mind having a movie night with pizza. I I don't mind at all, but uh, I do have one thing to say. She looked over from the open air doorway, looking over concerned, as she came back into the room with the plates and drinks, and put them down on the table before coming over towards him with her hands on her hips. What is it? I need to say that I like you, and I have for a while. I'm sorry that I haven't been able to say that, and that I don't want all of this madness or weirdness to come between. She'd come right up to him, and kissed him, silencing the last of his words. Her soft lips felt comfortable, and he was sad when she pulled away a second later. Glad that's settled, then. Shall we enjoy our night before your god changes the whole world? He could only nod as he'd lost his ability to speak. And so... She led him over towards the couch, and they settled in for the night of bad movies. The two cuddled up with one another, and since bad movies generally don't tend to keep one's attention, once they'd eaten all of the pizzas and had enough to drink, they both soon fell fast asleep. The smell of a fire sent a panic through Rufus and snapped him awake and to his senses. He stood up at the same time as Finn, and they both looked about the sprawling rainforest-like thing that lay around them. He found that they were standing on a plateau of rock above a forest, and around them were torches that were all well lit. Where are we, and is this the fault of that god-like guy? Rufus, who'd been wandering around, ended up towards the edge and looked down, and realized that she was just in her underwear. A glance down on her himself told him that he was in a likewise state. Uh, yeah, judging from things, definitely yes. They continued looking around the edge of things until they found what looked to be a pathway down. However, it had a sign in front of it that proclaimed no entry in plain English. They stood in front of it, trying to decide what to do, When a presence behind them made itself known, Rufus looked over at Finn, who looked over at him, and they both turned. Welcome to my test to prove that I really exist. Survive and you'll get a great prize. Fail and, well, you'll survive, but maybe a bit scarred from the whole thing. But you will be alive, mostly. What are you doing? I said, I'm trying to prove that I exist. You want me to prove I exist? This is my way of proving I exist. You have been transported to the rainforest. He produced a pair of smartphones and then tossed them over towards them. See, it's the day's date, and though I froze time for a bit to do this whole experimental test thing, proving thing, and we have a maze in front of us with a prize at the end of it. What did I say about Finn, though? The words were out of his mouth in a second, and he realized that they probably sounded bad. Oh yes, leave her out of it, but I could not do that. She doesn't seem like the type that would take your word for what's going on with me. She was the one who demanded proof, and you telling her that I'm real doesn't seem to be working, so here we are. And now we get this little survival event. Um, by the way, you'll need to work together. Best of luck. He vanished, and when the two turned around again to face the gate, they found that it was now open. Um, ladies first or second? How about we go at the same time Mr. Doesn't Want Me Around, or Involved? Uh, Sorry about that. He put his head down as they both stepped towards the gate. End of part three. Thank you for listening.